and welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 27. I'm Evan Marinovsky, alongside Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. Connor, how we doing? Evan, I'm doing very well. Very excited. As you can see behind me, uh, I'm at the TD Garden right now. You're waiting. at the Garden. Yeah, very excited. I uh, believe uh, you and I will both be there for mm-hmm. uh, as this gets dropped today's home opener. So excited to be back. It's been a long, long time. I think March 8th, last time I was at the Garden. So long time coming. Mine was before that. I think it was sometime in January. Uh, but for you, you're there now. You're camping out. You're, yeah, no, you're there. You're no one said anything. There. I feel like I can just hang out here. There's like a popcorn machine. I think, you know, it's enough sustenance for overnight at least. And we'll, we'll see what happens from there. Some leftover soda from last March. You're not even wearing yeah, exactly. a mask. You want to get canceled? <laughs> uh, damn, you got me. All right. Well, <laughs> well, I will be broadcasting remotely for the rest of the season. But <laughs> Anyways, but, uh, but very nice to obviously have. I, can't, I have not seen the garden since that time either. Because you you were – this will be the first time you see the Garden as well, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the last game was that crazy game against Tampa Bay where, like, uh, Chara – which is also funny that's Chara's last game as a, as a Bruin at Kitty Garden, but where he yeeted a Sergeyev stick and there's that huge, yes. huge brouhaha. So uh, it's time. been a very long time. It has. No, it's been a while. Um, so I'll be excited to see it. Uh, in all its glory. I was driving around there today looking for a good place to park because I'm not taking the tea in. I don't want the, the tea. Not, not these most, days. No. Um, when those people do a great job down there, I just worry. A lot of people on there and enough. I really don't want to expose myself to that. Um, but I was scouting out parking places and I just realized I had not been even in that area uh-huh. since. I, I've had no reason to go down there. So it's so cool to see it. It's all built up. There's so many things that are added there now that I don't remember. You went down there. There's like five new Cafe Nero's. There's a Sant- There's eight new Santander banks. Yes, oh, of course. Of you course. know what's so funny is like you look at the garden itself. Like if you go back and watch like the 2011 parade and they're outside the garden, you look at the changes that's been that have been made to that area in just oh, yeah. like nine years. It is absurd. They don't have that boring ass like parking lot in front like they had yes. before that. It's funny if you watch all those videos though, because like all of it looks completely different. But then you just have Sully's tap on the corner, just still standing <laughs> tall, which I think has been there since like I mean, like the the 1600s, I think. So they're they're still rolling. Yeah, no, but it's so cool to see it, and I'm excited uh, for it. So let's get into talking some hockey. First, let's get some some injury news out of the way. Matt Grizzlick on Wednesday. A lot of people feared that this might be a big deal. He was out practicing Wednesday. Biggest piece of news to happen Wednesday, actually. January 20th, 2021 mm-hmm. will always be remembered for the Matt Grizzlick is practicing day. And Absolutely. I think I will tell my children about where I was when I read the tweet that said Matt Grizzlick is practicing. Uh, but <laughs> nevertheless. The nation is at ease now that the Bruins know they have their best left shot D. It's morning. It's morning in America again. Yes. Uh, Matt Grizzlick is practicing. Uh, but he is he is back. And it, they didn't come out and officially say that he is going to be playing tonight or Thursday whenever you're listening to this in the home opener. But all signs point to this is not a long-term injury. Big bullet dodged by them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you look at this team and um, just the way the way they're built and you look on that left side of the defense and how inexperienced it is. And, you know, granted, Lozon has been solid and things Bortles has been a, a bright spot for this team. But still, you lose probably your best puck carrier, your guy who you have given the keys to the power play to. And you add that on top of already their struggles in terms of, you know, even strength scoring. If you lose a guy like Grizzlick for, you know, even a couple of weeks, considering how, 
crucial this stat is where you've only got 56 games to get a playoff spot. It just adds one major issue on top of another for this team that already is kind of on the ropes right now, uh, especially going up against a tough team in Philly. Uh, so, yeah, for the Bruins, it's definitely a bullet dodge. I mean, you, you watch that video when it first happens and he lands awkwardly and you worry about his shoulder, which he's had shoulder problems in the past. Um, you know, it doesn't look good at the time. And again, like in, over the course of an 82 game season, you're used to kind of the, the bumps and bruises and guys being day to day and missing a week or two. And that's part of the territory. But now when it's 56 games and you have to get off to a hot start, even losing a guy like Grizzly for any amount of time, considering uh, the way this roster is built, it would be a tough hit for the Bruins. So thankfully it seems like the Bruins have, as you said, dodged a big bullet there because, you know, McAvoy probably would slot in on the top, you know, power play unit, but then, I mean, who do you kind of turn to, right? Is it John Moore? Is it back who cast John Moore seen? and Jacobs Borrell manning the second unit. Can you it's, imagine? It's like, you know, back and uh, you know, Cassidy mentioned him multiple times during camp, but you know, see, I don't think Bruins fans expected, you know, you win the president's trophy the next year, the left side of your defense is, Lozon, Vakanine, and Saboral. If you told people that going into this offseason, I don't think they would have believed you. So thankfully, it seems like we don't have to worry about that situation quite yet, at least. No, that's the thing. And so I think that huge bullet dodged. I, some people on Twitter were saying it was like a broken wrist, uh, but good to see that it seems that uh, that he is all good from that. Because it was an awkward fall. Uh, it was an awkward fall. And I think that, uh, you know, I don't think there would be much confidence in a John Moore led defense or, you know, or led left side. So uh, the Bruins obviously dodge a big bullet there. I didn't really know how to bet on that situation, but if I were to bet on a situation, I would go to my good friends over at betonline.ag. Absolutely. So listen up, guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. NFL playoffs are ongoing. NBA's back in full swing. And yes, at long last, Bruins hockey has returned. And even though you may not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. No matter how the schedules change or the players at play, BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to BetOnline and enter promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, no one beats that. You can't possibly beat it. Absolutely. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so I promise we will get to positives uh, for the majority of the episode. But before we do, there is one negative. Andre Kasha now out. Cassie says he has no idea when he's returning. Um, this was a fluke injury to, to Miles Wood, good old Miles Wood. Um, and honestly, as much as Bruins fans might want to rag on Miles Wood, this didn't seem that intentional. This seemed just sort of like a like a, just a hockey play. I mean, this was not like a, you know, oh my God, Miles Wood, Matt cooked Andre Kasha. Yeah. It, it was more just, you know, battling on the corner and Kasha somehow got the worst of it. Um, where do the Bruins go from here with a guy like Kasha? Well, you know, we don't have an idea yet on what the exact injury is. You put the pieces together though, considering the concussion history that Kasha has had 
a uh, couple with just kind of the optics of it. I mean, guy takes a hit up high and seems woozy on the bench getting down to the room. Yeah, they had to help and, him to the yeah, room. Yeah, you can kind of infer usually what that is, right? So, um, and for that situation, right, there's no rhyme or reason in terms of, you know, chatting out a, a recovery timeline for concussions or any brain-related injuries. So it seems like that's more or less what Cassidy said today in terms of how they're viewing this is – you kind of just, it's a day by day situation of how he's feeling and kind of managing it from there. But for the Bruins, it's a, you know, a, a tough hit for them, a tough hit for Kasha, who was like, you know, we've been waiting for him to break through and you know, we have to wait a little bit longer now. And, um, for the Bruins, you know, you hope that David Pasternak comes back, uh, within the next, you know, maybe the end of next week, maybe early the week after that, um, you know, right before the calendar flips to February. But, you still feel a lot better about your chances, right? If Pasta comes back and you have Kasha set in there, Smith on the third line, at least you had what you expect were set guys on that right side. Uh, that was what Cassidy mentioned, you know, from the start of training camp was keeping those second and third lines together. And now it's all pretty much gone downhill, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much been put in a blender since, uh, since that game against the, the Devils. So, uh, tough hit for, for the Bruins, uh, tough luck for Kasha. And again, it, it's tough to really chat out a exact timeline. It's not like it's an off season surgery or something that you tested on the ice. You can be fine one day and the next day you're, you're out of it again. So it's pretty much a wait and see approach, but not the start. Obviously all parties are looking for there with Kasha. Yeah. And, and that's sort of the issue is you don't know, you can't recover. I mean, you can recover, but it's always there. It's lingering. Um, and, and so, you know, for me, I just think that, uh, that with, with Kasha, it's just, it's, it's something's got to give, you know, the guy's got to be on the ice at some point. Um, and at some point, maybe he'll score a goal. Maybe Andre, Andre Kasha will finally, finally, finally score a goal. Um, when that day comes, I, I'm not very sure of it. And I don't think, I think you're, I think you're frozen. I, I think I am. I don't know why. And it's like the dumbest face. So I don't know. I don't know why it's doing that. Cause I guys, the audio is fine, right? Yeah. The audio sounds great. No, I just, so took, I just took a screenshot of that. That's going on Twitter. And this is staying in there. Um, I'm like, I'm like hilarious. Trying, I'm trying to hang on one second. Hang on one second. Wait, wait for it. If, if I click it back on. And it's the same picture. I'm going to be so upset. Please tell me it's the same picture. Oh, oh God. It's You're working now. Uh, You're damn. working now. For the, oh, <laughs> goodness. It's like the dumbest face. All right, we're back. <laughs> we're back. We're back. We're back. Why don't leave that in? <laughs> Keep things candid. That'll be kind of funny. Please, please do. Um, that'll be funny. People who are listening in their cars are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> go to Bruins Rinkside on YouTube. You, you can go. find out. You'll see the video. It was actually just part of the guerrilla marketing campaign. So you're welcome, Evan, yeah. for ha ha. We got, a, we got, we got you guys. <laughs> yeah. But we'll take whatever we can get. Uh, but yeah, who, it's funny when I was saying the cash of it, I was like, <laughs> I, 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 could, I could tell that you were just like, what the fuck's wrong with Connor? <laughs> that he's, he's either being very stoic or the video is frozen. So I was like, what? Um, but anyways, so yeah, that is the Kasha front. Um, and why not? Well, we're having a good time. We'll, we'll talk some positives because yes. I think there are a few, they don't get covered obviously because no, no one cares about the positives. Um, obviously things are very negative. People like being negative and we love to overreact. It's a good thing. Um, but there have been positives and number one, the positive that no one saw coming, the defense actually looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think going into the year, I feel like everyone was 
seemed like the narrative was this is the best forward depth the Bruins have had in years. It's just how is their defense going to hold up when you lose a guy like Char and a guy like Krug, just even from a basic usage standpoint, just the amount of minutes both those guys logged. So, um, you know, from the, the Bruins perspective that you have a guy like Lozon holding his own, that you've got Zaboral who, granted, they're feeding him like crazy ozone minutes. Like he's getting like Brent Burns ozone stats, oh, but um, as a whole though, like you look at how he's played um, and, and Lozon and how the regulars like Kahlo and, and McAvoy, you have to be happy with what you've seen from them so far. And as much as, you know, Rask and Halak have been fantastic and like we could be looking at an O O and three record of Halak and Rask don't make a few of those good saves. Like I, you know, I looked at up some of the numbers. I think Rask is 22nd uh, or 26th amongst goalies and high danger changes again. So of course you get a few of those breakaways, which are the saves you need to make, but they're not like these guys are, you know, under assault, like uh, a Martin Jones or these defenses where they're just a complete sieve, right? Where they're constantly facing, you know, traffic in front and, and high danger looks. So again, we'll see what happens when they play a team that's not, you know, the Devils or the Islanders in terms of, you know, how much talent they have up front. Um, granted, even though the Devils might be good. Like we, we could probably talk about that another time of like, we'll see how like <laughs> a few of these teams look, but um I think, yeah, you have to be encouraged from what you've seen from the defense so far. It hasn't been perfect. Um, even like Grizzlick had a good game on Monday before he got hurt, but he had a pretty rough game on Saturday. So that kind of, you know, you roll with the punches there with the team where you have a lot of guys in new roles. But as a whole, you know, the defense has not been the reason why they've, they're one, one and one sat the year. Oh, yeah. No. And, and that's the, the, the good thing is a lot of people including us were worried that Rask and Halak were going to face a lot better chances this year. And through three games, doesn't seem to be the case uh, at all, and I think that that, that you know, the, the structure is still there, the the, the way they play, uh, you know, in their own zone is still there. It doesn't. It seems to have not changed. So, like the Patriots, in a sense, bring it doesn't matter the personnel, it just matters the strategy. Bruce Cassidy is just Bill Belichick. Obviously, we all know that. Of course. Um, but uh, at any rate, that you know, again, Zaboral starting all those ozone times. It's like you know, sure, go for it. Like to, to me, it's like just utilize these guys right. You know, if you manage Zaboral's minutes well enough, as you said, and you said this all offseason, he was going to be like a linebacker. You weren't going to notice Zaboral unless he messed up. And through three games, that's sort of been the thing on Zaboral is you don't really notice him. You don't mm-hmm. because he's doing his job. And I think Bruins fans should like that, especially out of a third-pairing defenseman. Um, you're not noticing him at all, uh, and I think that that is a very, very good thing. Lazon also got, has gotten better, I think, each game. I think Lozon yeah. um, had a rough first game mm-hmm. with McAvoy. But ever since, he's been good. I mean, he's solid. Every game I see he is actually getting better handling the puck. Because obviously we know he can you know, hit well and all those things. But moving the puck well. Seems like Lozon's also another guy who, uh, who's been, been doing a lot better. If we're going to continue on this positive train, we got to talk about the sixth best line in hockey. I think that's the... the but they are sixth or seventh. Yeah. In terms uh, of expected goals percentage. So yeah. In terms of just how they're negating chances. Yeah. It's the, the line we all expected to be the best line on the Bruins, right? Yes, of course. And by the way, I'd like to preface, you know, as we both have said lately, expected goals are not real goals. They should be, but they're not. Yes. Um, so as we talk about this, I know you guys are all probably angry. Like they didn't put up any goals. Well, I know we know, but yes. truthfully, They've been doing a pretty good job. Trent Frederick, Sean Corelli, and Chris Wagner. Pretty good. 
Yeah, no, I mean, they're exact, they're doing exactly what you're hoping that fourth line does. And as much as I think people still view the fourth line as kind of, you know, the Merlone line with the Bruins back in the day where it's just guys beating <laughs> the crap out of guys. I mean, in Cassidy's system, they view that fourth line as just a, a grouping out there that can really negate another top six uh, forward trio. So, I mean, you're seeing that. I mean, they're giving a lot of ozone stats to Krejci, um, giving a lot to Bergeron to hopefully get them rolling on offense. But I think Frederick's only had about – 7% of his face-offs have been in the, the O-zones. Like, those guys are just getting fed to the Wolves, more or less. And despite that, against top six opponents, they're pretty much tilting the ice strongly in the Bruins' favor. I mean, uh, the Bruins had more shot attempts, scoring chances when Frederick and Crowley's line were matched up against Matt Barzal against the Islanders, which, again, you take that matchup every single time because – Usually if the team's playing well and you have that fourth line negating the other team's top six, you're giving Bergeron and Krejci and those guys more ozone reps, more chances to score. So if they were clicking, that's that's the easiest recipe to an easy win for the Bruins, right? If you're able to get those matchups and winning them in that, uh, you know, one-sided manner. So again, three games in, we'll see how they do against tougher competition, but you kind of look at just how Frederick is added to that line. And again, it's not like he needs to be this guy who's knocking guys out or, you know, agitating guys after the whistle. It's like, you just look at how much better his game has uh, gotten over the last couple of years where he seems noticeably stronger on the puck. He's extending ozone shifts. Uh, looks good on the rush. His shot looks a lot, lot better. Um, just the little things from that you expect from a guy's development that can mean the difference between, you know, a, a shorter ozone shift or, you know, extending it and winning a battle on the forecheck. It's, you know, it's all these little things that add up through a guy's development that can round out a line. And so far they've gotten from that fourth line. They have, and that has been huge. And I think that's also very encouraging, not just as you, you know, as you said, you know the Bergeron line is going to score. You know they're going to score at some point. Krejci's line, obviously, maybe you don't know as much, but at some point, DeBrusque will kick into gear. Uh, same with Krejci, and somehow, you know, Stadnika looks usually pretty good with Krejci, so we'll see how that looks long-term. Um, the third the third line with Coyle, maybe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> someday. Uh, but But having that fourth line, kind of reestablish its identity as can take on other teams' top lines, I think is very good and very, a very good base to build off of. Whereas last year, you know, you, obviously you had the five-on-five scoring issues after the Bergeron line, but, you know, you still could get scoring for on the lineup. The, a, a big issue was that fourth line couldn't face other teams' top units and wasn't as good at it. Um, but this year it seems that maybe that has changed. And that, I think, is a very, very encouraging sign uh, going forward. I, Another interesting, very good positive for this team. I was I was thinking of taking that in different directions, but mm-hmm. a positive, Nick Ritchie. Uh, and I, how, I you know, how how dare you say that, Evan? I know. How dare I say this? And I see it on Twitter. And I, you know, the Nick Ritchie hate club is a is a you know I get it. He he had a bad first impression with the Bruins. Uh, you know, he's bigger. He's not fast. Uh, there's been stuff about his, about how in shape he is. People always get on him for that. You know, he's a big guy who doesn't always make the hardest hits. I get it. I get it. He gave up, uh, Danton Heinen for him and many people liked him. I liked Heinen. He was fine. I get it. I, I was not a fan of the trade at the time, but through three games, he in theory has been your best five on five forward, at least at scoring chances. Like the guy's doing his job. And I oh, think yeah. that's all you can ask at the moment. 
Yeah, I mean, he's not, you know, reinventing the wheel in terms of how he's playing. It's he's doing, he's keeping it simple, which is what you need to do to get this offense going at five and five and even strength. You know, it's pocketing yourself in front of the net. Uh, it's getting that great A ice and looking for tips and rebounds. I mean, he also gets that that five and five goal that was called back against the uh, the Devils, where it was just getting in front of the net and tipping a shot. Like it's again, this isn't anything groundbreaking. It's not like he's he's dangling through guys or anything crazy like that. It's just keeping it simple. And if you see more of that from other guys like DeBrusque or Coyle, who doesn't have a high danger look so far at even strength, like, again, it's what, you know, it may not be pretty. It may not be any highlight reel goals, but it's what you got to do to get this offense going. So I'm not going to hop on Richie for doing what his job is in terms of just being that big body down low and uh, influencing the play and getting in front of the goalie and hopefully tipping shots and getting rebounds. Like, He's doing, he's doing, he's been as advertised in terms of what they're looking for him to do. And you haven't seen that from really a lot of the other forwards on the, on this team so far. It's funny. You're seeing the guys who we didn't expect a lot from Zaboro, Richie, Lozon, who have somewhat specific jobs. Um, you know, jobs just if you complete, it's like kind of like the whole do your job mantra. Just do what you're doing, do your job right, and the rest will kind of take care of itself. And they are, you know, Zaboro, Richie, Lozon. And obviously there'll be points of the season where Richie is in a scoring drought drought, or, you know, maybe Zaboro lets a guy pass him or, you know, makes a turn, an egregious turnover or something. But given off what we've seen, like those are holes that you expected to be in your lineup that aren't holes right now. No one is sitting here thinking, damn, when is Cassidy going to pull the plug on Zaboro? Because he's done well. He's been fine. Um, same with Kevin Miller. Same with Jeremy Lozon, Nick Richie, uh, Trent Frederick. I mean, I, I, Logan Mullen tweeted this, uh, I think last game. Um, but you know, when Pasternak does come back into the lineup, Cassie's going to have a tough call there. I mean, who do you take out? You know, before the season, you would say, Oh, just pull Frederick off or, Oh, just take Nick Ritchie out. But yeah. Richie's been doing his job well. Frederick's doing his job well. Um, then it comes down to, you know, who else are you going to take out? Are you going to take out Wagner? Are you going to take out Bjork? Um, are you going to bench DeBrusque to try to get him yeah. going? Stednika is another one. Mm-hmm. So you have these difficult choices because these guys are doing their jobs. And I think that as much as the five on five scoring does suck and it's boring to watch as they just cannot generate anything. Um, it is in a sense, you know, encouraging to see those bottom of the lineup guys actually doing their job and, and being stable. And I think that that I will leave it as a good thing. Um, Connor, is there anything that the listeners can look forward to from Boston sports journal? Well, we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff breaking down. Obviously, Thursday's uh, home opener. Uh, I'll do a running diary of what I'm able to uh, scavenge here at TD Garden as I wait for the game to start. Um, but, no, we'll have a whole bunch of stuff breaking down the team. Um, we dropped a thing on Wednesday, uh, breaking down seven noteworthy stats beyond the obvious stuff, right, in terms of uh, the scoring drought and the stuff that's been pretty evident starting off the year. So, have a whole bunch of stuff over at BSJ. So subscribe over at bostonsportsjournal.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And maybe one of your running diaries will be, I will, uh, I will, I'll take your press box dinner. I'll do that. I'll be like, oh, that's mine. There you um, go. That, that's your, that's your whole thing. You should do a little TikTok on that. I should. That would be that, that I'd go viral for that. That's almost unfair. That's such an automatic viral. Just um, give me the layup. It's an easy one, but at any rate, uh, this has been Poke the Bear episode 27. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. You Poke the Bear listeners, enjoy 
all of the Bruins games and have a great rest of your day.